told a story that I think makes a good opener to our sermon this morning. One night, his daughter, Judy, aged 21, called him from her university and asked if she could have a serious talk with him. Stan panicked, as any father would. He thought of all the things that could possibly go wrong. Judy said, Papa, I have written you a long letter. I don't want to hurt you. This is the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. I want to read you the letter. May I, Dad? Stan immediately thought of a series of possibilities. She was pregnant. She was on drugs. She had run off and married someone. She was in trouble with the police. She had been kicked out of university. But since Judy was a responsible daughter, none of these made sense to stand. Judy started to read the letter to her stand father. After a long introduction, she continued, and I have become a believer. I believe in God. I believe that the Bible is the word of God, and I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Stan recalls, I was speechless. Many parents might have welcomed Judy's words, but they absolutely crushed me. You see, we are Jewish. Stan tells of his reaction to that news. Bitterness, anger, retaliation, blame, and shame. He and his wife argued. They shouted, cried, and blamed themselves. Where did we go wrong? Could any mother or father have loved a daughter more than we loved Judy? How could she do this to us? after all we have done for her. What do you do? What do you do when a child turns her back, not only on you, but on your family, her people, and rejects everything you have taught them growing up? All the values that you passed on, their convictions and your faith, they throw that outside the window. What do you do as a parent? My wife and I felt betrayed. Stan lamented. Now, I share that story, that illustration, 
to be able to illustrate the bitterness of betrayal. Let me ask you a personal question. Have you ever been betrayed before? Ever been deeply hurt or let down by someone close? Don't look at your spouse right now. You get yourself in trouble. Okay? Have you ever been disappointed by somebody you trusted? A cheating spouse? A boyfriend breaking a promise? A parent walking out on a child? An employer offering an empty expectation. A coworker usurping your opportunity for promotion. Or a friend stabbing you in the back or throwing you under the bus. Since Betrayal is one of the most bitter and unbearable of all human experiences because it is from an unexpected source. Hostility from a known enemy is hard enough, but unfaithfulness, betrayal, deceit, disloyalty from a friend a family member, or the community of faith are quite unexpected. They're out of character. And therefore, quite devastating. Many people today still struggle with the lingering effects of betrayal after many years. For example, Victims of betrayal from a faith community. They quit church and vow never again to attend any service. Never again to associate with church people who profess that you ought to love your neighbor as yourself, and yet they fail to leave that out. Sometimes it's spiritual abuse and neglect when you are in a time of need. Jesus Christ also experienced the bitterness of betrayal. A close friend, Judas, betrayed the Lord with a kiss. And the rest of the disciples abandoned him in the Garden of Gethsemane by running away to save their lives during his arrest. Now, let us back up a little. The night just before Jesus was betrayed, he was in the upper room for the Passover meal with his disciples. 
and he made an agonizing, painful, excruciating statement. Truly, I say to you, that one of you will betray me. This was just after Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. He stood with a somber voice and said, Truly I say to you that one of you is going to betray me. The response of the disciples is overwhelming. Is it I, Lord? And Peter, running his mouth, added, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. But Peter not only denied Jesus once, but three times. The pilgrims whose memory we remember today, who came to attend the Passover feast, earlier laid their clocks down and waved palm branches to Jesus on a donkey as he entered Jerusalem. One was shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But they would later reject him with shouts of crucify him, crucify him. Now, before I get excited here, let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 22 and read our text. Beginning to read at verse 1 to 6. In there, Luke records the events that led to the biggest betrayal in human history, where Judas Iscariot conspired with the chief priest and the leading elders of the temple to get his rabbi, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, crucified. So if you found our text, Luke chapter 22, please rise to your feet in honor of the reading of God's word. Here we find the religious leaders plotting and scheming to kill Jesus. And the heading on top of our text says, Judas agrees to betray Jesus. In the New International Version, beginning to read at verse 1, the Bible has this to say. Now the festival of unleavened bread, called the Passover, was approaching. And the chief priests and the elders or the teachers of the law were looking for somewhere to get rid of Jesus. For they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. 
Verse 5. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. May the Lord add a blessing to the public reading of his word this morning. You may be seated. The title of our message this morning is the betrayer in us. It is a form of deception to betray someone. And that's why we have entitled the message the betrayer in us because there is a betrayer in each one of us. There is a Judas. And there is potential to betray someone in every one of us. Now, to begin with, have you ever thought about doing something wrong? Did you plan to do it? Did you carry that out? Why or why not? Well, a guy called Judas did just that. He conspired with Satan and the high priest, with the elders, the scribes, and the Pharisees to betray Jesus and have him delivered to the elders according to plan. But first, who was this Judas, the betrayer? Who was this Judas, the betrayer? Judas Iscariot was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. But the question is, was he a true disciple of Jesus or was he just the inside man pretending to be a disciple in order to spy on Jesus and his disciples? And even though he was handpicked by Jesus, his rabbi, after praying all night, find that in Luke chapter 6. So, this was not an accident. It was the will of God to pick on Judas. By press time, Judas had spent over three years with Jesus and had heard his teachings and witnessed miracle upon miracle. He watched Jesus walk on water. He watched Jesus feed 5,000 people with a cup of fish and a few loaves of bread. He watched Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead after being in the tomb for four days. 
Judas had every opportunity to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. But there was always something odd about this guy. Now it was the last week of Jesus' life on earth. And the feast of unleavened bread and the Passover feast were rapidly approaching. This was the annual holiday when Jewish pilgrims flooded into Jerusalem to celebrate God's deliverance of the Israelites from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. Meanwhile, Jesus had been teaching in the temple every day that week since he had entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were fed up with Jesus. And now they were busy plotting to get rid of him. Privately. Because they feared the people. Many of them believed in Jesus. Verse 3 of our text says it was at that very moment that Satan entered Judas and he went to the elders who were plotting to kill Jesus and offered his services. This was not just some demonic possession. Judas Iscariot was possessed by Satan himself. Just like Satan entered the serpent, this time he entered into Judas. Instead of resisting the devil and trusting in Jesus, Judas opened the door to his heart, to Satan. Like Judas, if we submit our lives to the devil instead of God, we open ourselves up to untold evil that we cannot even resist. We may end up doing something out of character that has dire consequences. Now, Satan's part in the betrayal of Jesus does not remove any of the personal responsibility on Judas. So, apart from satanic possession, why would Judas betray Jesus, his rabbi? Well, we may never know with absolute certainty why Judas would betray his master. However, we could speculate that maybe he was disillusioned with Jesus, as most Jews were, including the other disciples. They were hoping for a military or political messiah to overthrow the tyranny of Rome. They were looking for an earthly king of a worldly kingdom. But by now, 
especially after Jesus' prophecy of the fall of Jerusalem, it had become clear that Jesus was not that type of the Messiah they were looking for. And that's why the people who came to welcome him to Jerusalem, why we entered Jerusalem on a donkey, turned around and would later on shout, crucify him, crucify him, because they were disappointed with him. Maybe Judas felt betrayed because Jesus failed to live up to his expectations. What about you? Has Jesus ever failed to live up to your expectations? Have you ever been so disillusioned by Jesus that you were tempted to betray him by abandoning your faith, laying it down, and walking away, never to return? Maybe he allowed you to experience some tragedy that you felt like you didn't deserve. Or maybe he didn't answer your prayer. He seemed to be silent when you really needed a breakthrough in your life. Maybe he didn't deliver you from some physical, emotional, or psychological burden. And you have lost all your confidence and all your faith in Christ. Judas was at that place. Everything he had hoped for in a Messiah, he didn't see. There was no army being prepared to take over Rome. And Jesus was not talking about this kingdom. He was talking about some distant kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And Judas, maybe, was mad with that. The other possible reason why Judas would betray Jesus is greed and love of money. Greed and love for money. First, the Gospel of John says, he was a thief. This is based on what happened in Simon the Pharisee's house who invited Jesus for dinner. Mary, a prostitute, walks in unprecedented in a Jewish culture. Broke a jar of very expensive ointment and began to anoint Jesus' feet. And wiping his feet with her hair and also the tears. Washing his feet with the tears coming out of her eyes. She was broken. She was a broken vessel. Judas objected to such waste. Why was the ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Now, you, you might think Judas was justified until you read what John chapter 12, verse 6 says. Verse 6 says, He didn't say this because he cared about the poor. He said it because he was a thief. 
Judas was in charge of the money bag. He used to help himself to what was put in it. Judas apparently used his position as treasurer to steal from the treasury. So John believes that greed and his love for money were primary motivations for him to betray Jesus. Now, do you know anyone who has ever betrayed a friend or family member for money? Do you? Does anyone come to mind right now? Oh, are you a victim of betrayal yourself because of money? Or maybe I should flip the question. Are you the perpetrator who betrayed someone because of money? Remember I said there is a Judas in our hearts. The Apostle Paul said, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You find that in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Judas's betrayal led to the arrest of Jesus, a sham trial and death by crucifixion. But he realized he betrayed an innocent man and was sorry. But alas, he committed suicide. He came back to his senses. That's a very important part in your life. Often we don't know what we're doing until you come back to your senses. Until you think through these uh, situations, you may not know how mean you were to people. How uncaring, how unloving, how unkind, how uncompassionate you were acting. Very much out of character for a Christian. But my prayer for you is that you come back to your senses. Someone once said, The saddest thing about betrayal is that it never comes from your enemies. Never. It only comes from someone you love and trust. Someone you care about. For self-introspection, Let's ask ourselves this question. Do I have a betrayer in me? Do I have a betrayer in me? Now, don't be quick to say no. That's not me. Take your time. Think through this question and answer it in your heart. Do I have a betrayer in me? We might point fingers at Judas and feel contempt against him. That is, until we consider all the times we have chosen money 
power, control, comfort, and personal security or safety at the expense of our relationships with other people. Every one of us has to face the unpleasant reality that there is a potential Judas in our hearts. But under similar circumstances, every one of us is capable of betraying the Messiah. Not only the Messiah, but loved ones. People you give your life for. You one day betray that person. Can you imagine? The potential still remains. For example, think of all the times we've betrayed Jesus with our sinful thoughts, words, and deeds. Think of all our selfish ambitions and hypocritical attitudes. You know what? We are just as bad, if not worse, than Judas Iscariot. Who are we to cast the first stone of judgment on Judas as a betrayer? when in fact we're just like him, or even worse. So as we begin to land the plane, how should we respond when we feel remorseful about our actions of betrayal? First, I hope we remember that Jesus died even for our sin of betrayal. When we confess and repent from our sin, God will forgive us. Judas came. He came back to his senses and was remorseful for his actions. But alas, as earlier mentioned, he chose to end his life. If Judas had humbled himself before the Lord and repented of his sin, God was going to forgive him. Just like he gave he forgave his fellow disciple, Simon Peter, who denied Jesus three times. So you may still be struggling with guilt from when you threw somebody under the bus. Confess it to them and ask for forgiveness, even though you might suffer the consequences of your actions. You might lose the relationship with that person. But at least, go make amends. In closing, on the flip side of things, maybe you were the victim of betrayal. Allow me to ask, who betrayed you? Was it your mom? your dad, your brother, your sister, an aunt, an uncle, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, a friend, your neighbor, your co-worker, or your boss. 
who threw you under the bus. I know betrayal is always bitter, but you don't have to hold on to that bitterness. Let it go. It's tough, I know. But let it go. Give it to Jesus and try by all means to forgive. When you truly experience God's mercy and grace, you can help but offer grace and mercy to others as well who don't deserve your forgiveness. Freely you have received and freely give. But if the pain of betrayal is traumatic and too much to bear, seek help. As we sometimes need a trained professional to walk alongside us as we process the pain of betrayal. Amen. <laughs>